Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. Our Twitch video feed is up and rolling right now. The Twitch app is free, and you can watch the program as it unfolds. It is eight minutes after five o'clock on this Tuesday, December the 6th of 2022. Darren Pritchett with you after a week's worth of vacation. Little time to melt down after a long Notre Dame football season. And with the Fighting Irish hockey team enjoying a bye last weekend, perfect opportunity to take a little breather. Now I'm back ready to roll as we get set for a busy month of December. Boy, is the transfer portal added more drama to the month of December with, of course, the early signing period. Coming up in just a couple of weeks, now we have all this chaos going on in the transfer portal. Hundreds, probably it'll end up being thousands of players entering the transfer portal looking for a new home. I saw someone post on social media the other day that only 28% of players that went into the transfer portal last year found a new home. That is a stunning number, and I guess the grass isn't always greener on the other side, even with the transfer portal. So we've got the transfer portal to follow, Notre Dame football recruiting. We've got Notre Dame basketball now in full swing. 
We've got the hockey team coming back into action. Congratulations to the Bethel College men's soccer team winning their first ever NAIA soccer championship yesterday. So congratulations to the Pilots on that great victory down in Alabama. We'll be talking National Football League. The hot stove is going right now. We've got the winter meetings underway out in San Diego. So coming up on the program tonight, we'll try to do a little bit of everything. At about 5.30, we'll have our Twitter question of the day. Then we'll get to almost a reset for Notre Dame football at 5.40. A look at some Notre Dame roster news and notes. We'll talk about players with one year of eligibility that still have not announced a decision on whether they're coming back or not. And we'll give you a few names of players that it sure seems like Notre Dame would be interested in coming out of the transfer portal. We've got our My 5 question of the day at about 5.55. And today's question is five things that caught my attention over the past week while on the couch enjoying a little vacation time. Then in the 6 o'clock hour, very important conversation with Notre Dame football recruiting insider Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We are going to talk about a host of topics. As I mentioned in our sports update at the top of the hour, Dylan Edwards running back from Kansas, a four-star, verbally committed to the Irish August 6th after leaving the Kansas State class. He's received an offer from Deion Sanders in Colorado. Is that a big deal? We'll talk to Mike about that at 610. Also, the coaches of the Fighting Irish are on the road. Has anything of note popped up as of yet? We will talk about some early transfer portal news, in particular the quarterback position, and also we'll take a step back since I was off last week. We will do a reset and talk about two recent flips in favor of the Fighting Irish, wide receiver Caleb Smith. He is now the fourth wide receiver in the Irish class of 2023, and Chris Tarek, the offensive lineman who left Wisconsin's class to join the Irish We'll talk about those two players also in our Notre Dame football recruiting segment basically about an hour from right now here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Also in the 6 o'clock hour, a baseball hot stove update, the news of the day. Nothing major has happened today for White Sox fans. One of their chief competitors, Cleveland, picked up first baseman, switch hitter Josh Bell, Two years, $33 million. That's the report. He can DH, play first base, switch hitter. Was with Washington, traded in the Juan Soto deal to San Diego, where he really struggled with the Padres. But a very interesting addition to the Guardians lineup, reportedly bringing in Josh Bell to help out that, I almost said Indians, that Guardians offense. Also, we'll have some sports wagering conversation to wrap up the hour here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Also, we want to remind you that our sister station, 96-1 The Ton, is home for Mishawaka Cayman basketball and a big one at the Cave tonight. If you can make it out, this is a huge game tonight. The Mishawaka Cayman 2-0. They are welcoming the number one team in Class 3A, Rob Berger's Mishawaka Marion Knights. The Knights waxed the Cavemen at Marion last year. I actually called the game. It was never close. Mishawaka has taken a big step forward this year 
in their play after watching them the opening two games of the season. So it should be fun tonight. Marion, Mishawaka, 7.30 tip at Mishawaka High School. If you can't make it out, you can hear the game on 96.1 The Ton, our sister station. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And today's first pitch is centered around the Notre Dame quarterback position. Now and in the future. I guess I missed a little excitement last week being on vacation. As Drew Pine made the announcement last week that he was leaving the Notre Dame football program and entering the old transfer portal. So let's do a little reset. First off, let me say this. Drew Pine grew up a Notre Dame football fan, had the opportunity to play for the football team he grew up admiring, and ended up being Notre Dame's starting quarterback for a majority of this season after Tyler Buckner went down with an injury in game number two. Did he play championship-level football over the course of the 10 games? No. At times, he played some really good football. Now, he had turnovers against USC. Otherwise, the numbers looked pretty good. Against BYU was, I thought, a really good player in that game. But there was that five, six-game stretch where he was just a little over a 50% thrower of the football. I've heard people talk about he had his limitations. And he got the most out of his ability. I'll say this, personally... You can see he was a competitive football player. He had the will to win. But as I analyzed him throughout the year with a really good offensive line in front of him, arguably the best tight end in the country, and to his disadvantage at times, his inconsistent play at the wide receiver position did not help his cause. But at the end of the day, We just didn't see championship-level football. And with where this Notre Dame football program is right now and its goals each and every year, we've had to readjust them since the playoff has come about, but now it's getting to the college football playoff and winning the program's first national championship since 1988. Can you win a championship with a non-championship level quarterback? Sure. We can't close the book on that. But it takes an elite running game, an elite defense, and difference-making special teams. I've always felt like a quarterback is the one position on a football team that can take an average football team and can actually cover up some of their weaknesses by their high level of play. And I've always used the example, you look at Charlie Weiss leading the Irish to the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, then the Sugar Bowl against LSU in back-to-back years. Why did they get there? Was it a complete team? No. 
Was it exceptional coaching? No. It was Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn was one heck of a college quarterback, and he made that football team better. Running game was okay. Defense, you might remember, gave up over 600 yards to the Buckeyes in that matchup out at the Fiesta Bowl. Brady made them better. And that's what a great quarterback can do. Now, does Notre Dame need the greatest quarterback on the face of the earth? It would be nice, sure, but with the way they have recruited and developed along their offensive and defensive lines, the running back recruiting as I mean, full circle from where it was five, six years ago. Holy cow. Wide receiving recruiting is on that same path with Chancey Stuckey now in place. But the quarterback recruiting has not been good enough here. It's good enough to win a lot of games, but it's not contributing to getting this team over the hump, not only being a playoff team, but a team that can beat another elite program in a national semifinal and route to a national championship. Now have things changed? With Minchie in the 23 class and Carr in the 24 class, maybe Notre Dame's quarterback recruiting is starting to turn the corner like the running back and receiver recruiting did once changes were made at the position coaches for those two spots. Now we have the same quarterback coach, but you gotta hope that the Notre Dame quarterback recruiting is starting to join the running back and wide receiver recruiting we've seen the last year for wide receivers in the last few years at running back. Now Marcus Freeman absolutely did the right thing by being honest with Drew Pine in a sit-down. And he told him, hey, we're probably going to bring in another quarterback. And that's absolutely the right decision. Not only to tell Drew Pine the facts, lay it out for him. There's no use in hiding that information from Drew. I like the way Marcus handled it. But it's also reality to improve this roster at a weakness right now. Now, could Tyler Buckner be the answer to all of our concerns about quarterback play? Let's hope so. Let's hope he is the guy. We just don't know it yet because injuries have held him back. Or the play of Jack Cohn two years ago kept him on the field. Let's hope Tyler Buckner is that answer. They bring in another quarterback and Buckner beats him out. Great. Absolutely fantastic. If a veteran quarterback comes in and beats out Buckner, you know what? That's fine too. But Marcus did the right thing by telling Drew. And I don't blame Drew Pine one bit for immediately saying, I'm going to the transfer portal. Sure, it might have surprised us, the timing, but I think we all knew that A, Notre Dame was going to go get a quarterback this offseason like they should have last year. And knowing that a guy's coming in, we knew either Buckner or Pine was going to be leaving the program. It turned out to be Drew Pine, and I don't blame him one bit. He has scratched and clawed the last couple of years trying to become the starter at the beginning of the season. It never worked out. He became the starter due to injury. 
The football team had a lot of success during his time as a starter, but ultimately, the quarterback play, in order for Notre Dame to reach its ultimate goals, has to be better. Could Drew Pine improve? Absolutely. I'm not sure the history of Notre Dame quarterback development leads us to that answer, but possibly. We can't close the door on that. But I think Drew did the right thing. He's got a chance to find a new home. Maybe a fan base will appreciate him more than what we saw at times from some of the fan base here in South Bend. I get it. Everybody is tired of 88 being the last championship. People are ready for this to turn. They see the great recruiting that's going on across the board with this football program, but there's a missing piece, quarterback. And unfortunately, Drew just ultimately could not fulfill the wishes of many in the fan base. He's gonna find a new home. I'm not sure what level of program he's gonna find a new home. I hope it works out for him. The kid was gutty, gritty, loved this place. But ultimately, he's going to go somewhere else. So, Marcus, I love the way you handled that. Tell Drew, here's the facts. Drew made his decision. We move on. Tyler Buckner's full strength for practice. We have to assume he's the starter against South Carolina in the bowl game, backed up by Steve Angeli. I think the thing that's frustrating for me, bridges are supposed to be one year from a football standpoint. Notre Dame wisely saw that there was a hole in their recruiting at the quarterback position. And I know people blame different people for everything, so I'll just throw everybody together. Brian Kelly and Jack Cohn made the or Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese made the decision to go get Jack Cohn, and that was a terrific decision, worked out well. Got off to a sluggish start with the offensive line, which really affected Cone. Once the offensive line got sorted out, went with tempo, Cone had a really good year. Buckner helped out with a different look at quarterback at times, but Cone was a huge success. Job well done by Kelly, Reese, whoever you want to give credit to. Whoever you want to give blame to, it was a miss not going to get a transfer quarterback last year. We had this conversation after last year. A team that was ready to win and go to the playoff possibly needed a quarterback they could bank on. We didn't know how good Tyler Buckner could be consistently throwing the football. We still don't. Drew Pine, we always felt like a really solid backup. For whatever reason, again, whoever you want to blame, we gave credit a moment ago, we'll give blame. Freeman, Reese, whomever. They rolled the dice, it didn't work out. Now we're in the same spot again. You gotta find another bridge quarterback. That's my issue. This is arguably the greatest football program we have in college. And the inability to get difference-making quarterbacks has been frustrating during my 23 years here in South Bend. Since Brady Quinn, we have not had one. That's gotta change. And I think it's hopefully changing with Minchie and Carr joining the program. And again, maybe Buckner solves that problem. We'll have to find out. How well can he throw the football consistently? We'll need to find that out, but you just can't roll the dice on Tyler Buckner. 
A, we don't know how good he can be, and B, past history shows he gets injured a lot. So that's where the addition of a quarterback makes total sense. Marcus Freeman sees it, made the call to Drew Pine. Pine heard what was going to happen and left. And I can't blame Marcus. I can't blame Drew. Hopefully it works out well for everybody. Losing a quarterback was going to happen. Did we think it was going to be this quick? No, but it makes sense for Drew Pine. Get in the portal early so you have as many opportunities to find a new home. Phil Dracovic, old Irish quarterback, now an old BC quarterback. I'm told by somebody that knows the BC staff, they are thrilled that Phil Dracovic is now at Pittsburgh. And Phil gets to come back to South Bend next year. Great, we get more social media tweets from Phil on the Notre Dame subject. Can't wait for that. Sure, Drew would love to play in that bowl game. But I'd brought this up even before we knew Buckner was going to be available for the bowl game. If he was available, who starts? Do you go with Pine again, or does Buckner get the start when healthy? Because many people believe you don't lose your starting job due to injury. The fact that he is full go, if we didn't know about Drew Pine's status, I would say start Buckner. The game is a glorified exhibition, a bowl game. Hey, the kids get a chance to travel, see a place they have not been there before. They get some gifts. They get the chance to compete once again. Great situation, but ultimately, in the whole big scheme of things, it's a glorified exhibition game. If Pine and Buckner were still on the roster together right now, I would be sitting here telling you Tyler Buckner gets every snap in that game. If he's healthy, he's my guy because this is an important evaluation game for Tyler Buckner and for the coaching staff. They get to see 60 minutes of Tyler Buckner playing quarterback. Back in September, we would have taken that, knowing that he could have been out until spring. But the fact that he has progressed, full go in practice, can play in the bowl game, man, let's see him. Let's see what he can do. If he has no limitations, I want to see Tyler Buckner at his best, doing what he does. Run with the football, get him out of the pocket, let him fire that ball down the field. I'm excited more than ever about this game. And I usually don't get excited about non-playoff bowl games, but I'm excited because this is a chance to see a major option at quarterback for the Irish in 2023. If Buckner goes 26 of 28 for 350 yards and four touchdowns and runs for 100 yards, yes, I still want a veteran quarterback joining this program next year. Nothing good or bad will change my mind about that. That is a necessity. If the fit is right, you just don't bring in anybody, obviously. Devin Leary from NC State. Brennan Armstrong from Virginia. My colleague from Blue and Gold, Tyler Hork, has talked to you over the past month about a guy he's intrigued by. He's a Texas grad. And Texas is losing Hudson Card because they have yours and that new Manning guy coming to Austin next year. I'm going to talk to 
Mike Singer from Blue and Gold about quarterback transfer portal conversation next hour during our recruiting segment. But Leary is interesting, put up big numbers at NC State, has had injury problems. So that's kind of the yeah, but with him. Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, a left-hander. Had a good solid 2020 when he had the chance to start. Probably was a major candidate to have a breakout 2021, and he did that and beyond. 65% completion, 4,449 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks. I mean, that was a massive 2021. He can run a little bit. He's had some games, 40, 50, 60 yards. But then you had a change in the offense at Virginia, new coordinator. And all of a sudden, Armstrong took a major step back with a Virginia team that wasn't very good. His completion percentage went from 65% to 54%. His yards were cut in half from 4,400 to 2,200. He went from 31 touchdown passes to seven, and his interceptions went from 10 to 12, and he threw it 162 less times this year, but threw two more interceptions. We didn't know at the time the best defense he was going to face in 2022 was Illinois in Champaign. Illinois, one of the best pass defenses in the country, best scoring defenses in the country. Armstrong against Illinois, 13 of 32 for 180 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. So a major step back. So Armstrong, again, goes into that yeah, but category. Can you get him back to where he was two years ago? And Hudson Card, a top 100 prospect coming out of high school, threw three passes in 2020, 83 in 2021, 108 in 2022. Became someone that people knew about when Ewers got hurt against Alabama September 10th at Austin. Card came in, went 14 of 22 for 158 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked the part, played pretty well that day. Texas lost the game 20-19, to but Card looked okay. And for the year, 69% completion percentage, six touchdowns, one interception. Alabama and Georgia are among the elite programs trying to get Hudson Card. Does he say in the South? That's a possibility. He's from Austin, Texas. He's leaving Texas, maybe he stays in the South. Is he an option for the Irish? It sure seems like a really good fit. Now, maybe there's another quarterback I didn't mention. I'm just mentioning three of the bigger names out there. Leary, Armstrong, Card. Now, I've read Devin Leary might be down to Illinois and Missouri. The Missouri coach recruited him at NC State. And Leary's younger brother is a freshman at Illinois on the football team. Are the Irish interested in a guy that's been injured quite a bit? Had a pec injury that needed surgery this year. He missed the last half of the year. It's a risk, but his numbers 
are really, really good. 61% completion percentage this year. 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, 4 interceptions last year. 35 touchdown passes, 5 interceptions, completed 65% of his throws. Larry Armstrong card, if I had to put my money on it, those would be three quarterbacks probably near the top of the Reese list of quarterbacks to be brought in this year. Will any of the three land here? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, there's some other guys out there. Devon, Kevon Slovis, JT Daniels, they did not perform well in their new homes. I mean, Jeff Smith from Georgia Tech doesn't throw it well enough to be a candidate, in my opinion here. Runs it really well. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks to see what this coaching staff can come up with at the quarterback position. Plus, we get to see a little more of Tyler Buckner, which I'm very excited about. That's our first pitch for tonight, talking about Notre Dame quarterback play now and in the very, very near future. 26 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. And I'm going to have to double check this. With Twitter now being kind of chaotic, and there's so many burner accounts, you never know. And as I do some double checking, John Heyman, baseball columnist at the New York Post, insider at the MLB Network, during my conversation about Notre Dame quarterbacks, he posted on Twitter 15 minutes ago, Aaron Judge appears to be headed to the San Francisco Giants. Wow. There was a report today. There's a $360 million offer on the table from the Giants to Aaron Judge. Now I'm looking through the rest of Twitter and I'm not seeing anything else to dispute that. Oh, wait a minute. John Heyman came back seven minutes later and said, the Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. Well, there you go. So hold that thought for now. Twitter question of the day is coming up next as Sportsbeat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Edition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, everybody in the media business tries to be first on all these stories, including the major ones. And as I went to break, you know, John Heyman had reported it looked like Judge was going to the Giants, even misspelled Aaron Judge's name. I think he spelled it Arson Judge accidentally, just trying to do things probably a little too quick. And even though there's some other people saying there's a buzz around the hotel in San Diego, the winter meetings are taking place, that there is a buzz that Judge will end up With the Giants, I saw someone report the decision was made 30 minutes ago. So we might have the answer to the big, big part of the offseason. If the Yankees get Aaron Judge back, or is he going home to San Francisco? 
Don't miss your chance to get two $25 gift certificates for the price of one to Beef O'Brady's of Granger. Visit restaurantoftheweek.com this Friday morning beginning at 8.30 for your chance to take advantage of this half-off offer before they're gone. During the holidays, take a break for good food, good sports. We'll see you at Beef's. Beef O'Brady's of Granger, this week's Restaurant of the Week, located at the corner of State Road 23 and Bittersweet, open daily at 11 a.m. with gift cards available for holiday giving. Again, go to restaurantoftheweek.com Friday morning at 8.30. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, so since I've been off for eight days, we don't have a Twitter question of the day to recap. So let's start fresh today. Earlier this afternoon... I posted this question on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. Today's question centers around Notre Dame football and the bowl game against South Carolina. If you were an advisor for tight end Michael Mayer, defensive lineman Isaiah Foskey, or offensive lineman Jared Patterson, what advice would you give them about playing in the Notre Dame Bowl game as they get ready for the NFL draft? Now, the reason why I bring up this question, Michael Mayer appears to be a likely candidate to be a first-round pick coming up next year. Isaiah Foskey, I don't think he probably reached that first-round status with this year's play a candidate to be a second-day pick. And Jarrett Patterson, I'm not sure where he's going to fit in. haven't seen many evaluations of Jarrett since the season was wrapped up, at least the regular season. But I think it's fair to say he could be second, third, fourth round. So we bring up this question because we all remember Jalen Smith was going to be a top-five pick, then suffered that devastating knee injury in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. Of course, not a playoff game. It was just one of the bigger bowl games. He played a freak push, led to him getting off balance, and a massive injury was the result. Now, he had an insurance policy, so he got some of the money back he lost by not being taken in the first round. But still, was he ever the same player? He was a good player in the NFL, and he's still, I think, with the New York Giants. But just, it didn't seem to me that explosiveness we saw here at Notre Dame. That's the risk if you play in a non-playoff game. Many players across the country are bypassing bowl games to get ready for the NFL draft. We saw the great Ohio State wide receiver decide to not even play in a playoff game. Now, Jigma Smith's been injured ever since the Notre Dame game, first game of the year with a hamstring. He's not even going to try to come back for the bowl game, or the playoff game, I should say. He's going to continue to get ready for the NFL draft. So there is a decision to be made. In a perfect world, if you knew you were not going to get hurt, of course these guys would play in a second. 
But they do have to worry about their draft stock. And Marcus Freeman, while I was on vacation, I read that he sent, what, Mayer and Foskey home. Don't even come to practice. Think about what you want to do. It's more of a developmental week. Last week for the Irish football team. So if you were advising Mayor Foskey Patterson, if you're a family member, what do you tell them to do? Two choices. Number one, play in the ball game. Enjoy your final game with your teammates. Or number two, don't play in a ball game. It's not worth the injury risk with the NFL draft a few months away. So again, you can vote right now. My Twitter account, at 960SportsBeat. If you were to advise Mayor Foskey Patterson, what do they do about the bowl game? Play or not play? We'll pass along the results of today's question on tomorrow's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, and we will introduce a brand new question tomorrow. 546 is our time. Notre Dame roster news and notes. That's next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. 5.52 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, the Notre Dame football roster is going to be ever-changing, I think, the next couple of weeks. Let's do a little recap where we stand right now. Three Notre Dame players are in the transfer portal. Senior quarterback Drew Pine and the years I'm giving are for next year. Sophomore cornerback Jane Bellamy, no games played as a freshman in 2022. And also grad student defensive end Osita Ekwanu played in one game in four years in South Bend, took part in the senior day ceremonies a couple of weeks ago. So this was not unexpected. So those are the players right now in the transfer portal. Now there are a handful of players that have one year of eligibility left that have not announced a decision on if they're going to be back or not. Two of those five players are at wide receiver, and that is Braden Lindsey and Matt Salerno. Wow, it seems like Lindsey has been here a long, long time. We always have to remember that COVID year adds on a year. Lindsey has one year of eligibility remaining. I would have to guess he would be back. If he does, he brings some experience to the wide receiver position. I think we documented throughout the year his numbers probably could have been a lot better. There were some missed opportunities. Unfortunately for Lindsey, the ball was not thrown accurately or he was not noticed being wide open. Could have had six or seven touchdowns this year. Didn't work out. I think Lindsey played better than his stats indicated. So Lindsey could be back even though you've got this big four-man wide receiver group that's coming in in the class of 2023 that will sign in a couple of weeks. 
You got Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores Jr., Caleb Smith. It looks like as good of a wide receiver haul as Notre Dame has had in quite some time. They're freshmen. We never know about how ready to go they are, their development. So you just can't count on those guys being a factor. So having Lindsey in your back pocket would be awfully nice going into next year. Matt Salerno in the same spot. A guy who caught a few passes this year. In the past, a punt returner for this football team. Also with one year of eligibility left, and we don't know if they're going to come back or not. The big one is defensive end Justin Adamiola. Boy, that would be a major boost to the Irish defensive line if he comes back for one more year. Safety DJ Brown has been an important part of the defense the last two years. I think that safety depth would be much improved if Brown decides to return. And the fifth guy is the guy we expect is done. That's the guy we just talked about during our Twitter question of the day, left guard Jared Patterson. He does have a year left, but likely a candidate to go to the NFL draft. Now, what about the transfer portal right now? Guys that Notre Dame might be looking at. Might is the key word. We mentioned the quarterbacks in our first segment today. Three names that stand out, the bigger names. You've got Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, Devin Leary from NC State, Hudson Card from Texas. But beyond those quarterbacks, who else stands out? Well, a guy, Braden Fiske, has visited Notre Dame, defensive lineman from Western Michigan. He's a candidate to replace Chris Smith along the interior of the Irish defensive line. He's 6'5", 300 pounds. He'd be a grad transfer with Western Michigan. He was an interior defensive lineman at times. He would bounce outside as well. 58 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, six sacks, playing in the MAC. He talked to Patrick Engel of Blue and Gold Illustrated and from an article that's available at blueandgold.com. Fiske talked about Three technique, boundary, and maybe even a nose of time for this fighting Irish football team. So that's definitely a name to keep in mind. Another defensive lineman that would seem to make a lot of sense is DeSan McCullough from Indiana University. Is anybody going to be left to play in Indiana? Of course, his dad is the Notre Dame running back coach. So there's a major plus for the Irish. Notre Dame likely will need help at the Viper next year with Isaiah Foskey moving on to the NFL. McCullough with Indiana had 49 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, tied for the team lead with four sacks. He did that as a freshman with Indiana. So with the connection with the coaching staff, that's one to keep an eye on. Then you've got a couple of wide receivers I want to throw out there. The first is Dante Cephas, C-E-P-H-A-S, Cephas. He's a wide receiver from Kent State. 6'1", 185, he would be a grad student transfer. This year, had modest numbers, 48 catches, 744 yards, three touchdowns. Now, he missed three games due to injury, and from what I've read, the injury also prevented him from being as explosive in other games last year. But you go back to 2021, that was his big year at Kent State. 82 catches, 1,240 yards, 9 touchdowns. And of note, 
eight catches of at least 40 yards, one of the best marks in college football. So Dante Cephas, a wide receiver from Kent State, an interesting name in the transfer portal, and also one that got added recently, Keegan Johnson. He's a wide receiver at Iowa. I think if you follow college football, you know the Iowa offense was dismal this year. They had quarterback issues, and Johnson was injured. He's 6'1", 194 this year, two catches, 11 yards. He had a soft tissue injury, led him to playing in just two games. You go back to last year, you see his potential. 18 catches for 352. You would assume this year, playing in two games, he would be a likely candidate to receive a medical redshirt year. That would leave him with three years of eligibility remaining. So those are four names to keep in mind. McCullough, defensive end, Indiana. Fiske, defensive lineman, Western Michigan. And then the wide receivers from Kent State, Dante Cephas, and from Iowa, Keegan Johnson. I'm sure more names are going to pop up, but those are four to keep in mind. After a sports update, we'll come back with our My 5 question of the day. Five things that caught my attention while on vacation. And then we will have the conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated's Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Mike Singer. We'll talk about Dylan Edwards getting an offer from Deion Sanders to go to Colorado. The Irish getting Caleb Smith and Chris Terrick. Coaches being on the road. What stands out? And, of course, we'll talk a little quarterback transfer portal. Mike and I talk all things Notre Dame recruiting coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. Well, Mike, some interesting news today as Dylan Edwards, a young man that committed to the Irish back on August the 6th after flipping from Kansas State. guess he made a few more headlines today as he's social media. He has a brand new offer, and it comes from Colorado, who has that new, I guess, primetime head coach and Deion Sanders. What is the significance of this offer? Um, I think it depends on uh, what he ends up doing. You know, if he ends up sticking with Notre Dame, no problem, then uh, he's just a name on Deion Edwards, you know, or or, excuse me, (laughs) Deion Sanders' many um, offer list. Um, You know, there are the many players he's offered since primetime got to – the Colorado, they, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he's been there for what, a couple of days. He's already offered up to a hundred players. So, um, yeah, it, he, look, Dylan Edwards flipped from Kansas state to Notre Dame. Um, and, and Darren, we're going to talk in a bit about, um, you know, players who have, you know, flipped to Notre Dame and flipped from Notre Dame and all that kind of stuff. Um, Edwards is on that list of a player who was at Kansas State. Now he's you know, committed to Notre Dame, and I don't expect him to now be on the list of players who were committed to Notre Dame and flipped elsewhere. Um, signing day is in 15 days. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, you get an offer from, from Deion Sanders. It's, it's an exciting thing. You're, you're going to think about it. And, um, 
excited to talk to him. But at the end of the day, for Dylan Edwards, I think he's going to stick with Notre Dame. And I think the offer, the timing of the offer is interesting because it happened Tuesday morning, and then this evening Notre Dame's supposed to have a visit with him. So it's Marcus Freeman, the head coach. You got Dylan McCullough, and then also Harry Heastans, um, the offensive line coach um, for for Notre Dame, will will be there because. Notre Dame's also has Joe Otting, the offensive lineman committed in Kansas, so those three are just together today. So it, it, it's kind of cool to have he stand there, though, to be like, hey, this is the offensive line you're going to run behind. So, um, yeah, I personally don't think that there's any concern here for Notre Dame, but um, it is Deion Sanders we're talking about. And it is recruiting, um, so who knows. But, again, from what I'm told, I should be in good position here. Since you mentioned those three coaches are going to visit with Dylan. Tuesday night. The coaches are all over the country right now. A couple of days into them being on the road, has anything stood out to you? Not not a great deal. It, it, mostly to be expected. Um, you know, A lot of checking in with the high school 2023 players who are committed to Notre Dame. Um, you know, coaches hit the road last Friday. Um, you know, Chris O'Leary had a multi-hour home visit with Peyton Bowen, the five-star safety commit, and heard it went really well, but there's not, you know, still the same stuff with Oklahoma thinks they're getting them. Notre Dame thinks they're getting them. We'll see. You had several coaches um, from Notre Dame go and visit uh, Jaden Lamar on, uh, what would that have been? I'm losing track of the days. What's today? Today's Tuesday. Um, So they visited Monday morning, had breakfast with them, had a a full family – and, and, and family friend picture with you know, several Notre Dame coaches. So a lot of just checking in with the commits, making sure they're solid. Jaden Lamar is still being pursued by Oregon and had a story at him at blueandgold.com. You can check out, wrote that on Tuesday. Um, and there's still a lot of Darren, like Notre Dame, recruiting these transfers as well. And that's being kept more off the radar. I don't think that Notre Dame wants – it out there what what their business is right now in the transfer portal now if they offer a scholarship to a player which we've already seen them offer a couple wide receivers a couple defensive linemen now those were you know those players are putting out on twitter but in terms of where they're going and um, who might be visiting that's being kept a little bit more off the radar um like tommy reese i i think is i think this week he's, he's going out and he, I think he's looking at transfer quarterbacks so definitely something to keep an eye on um, when that information becomes available. Well, since you kind of dip your toe into the transfer portal waters there, why don't we just have a, a quick conversation about which I think without a doubt is the most intriguing storyline, and that is Tommy Reese looking at quarterbacks. Now, I wrote down three names, and you can say to those or love them or whatever, but three quarterbacks that seem to make sense to Notre Dame a guy that your colleague Tyler Hork has talked about for a while, Hudson Card from Texas, but Alabama, yep. Georgia reportedly in on him. You got an interesting left-handed quarterback from Virginia, Brennan Armstrong, a big, big 2021, changed offensive coordinators, had a down 2022. And then Devin Leary, who's had injury concerns at North Carolina State. Do any of those three kind of – get your attention as someone that might be a good fit for Notre Dame? Is there someone that's on your radar? How do you look at this whole situation? Yeah. Yeah. And, and following like the NFL and free agency, <laughs> you know, I know like GMs and, and those scouts always do homework of why are you a free agent 
why didn't the, your your team you were with good point work to like re-sign you or if he wanted to get out of there is it damaged goods like what is it it's kind of the same thing with the transfer port now it's like well, you just mentioned the couple guys there it's like there's a but you know the, oh he struggled in 2022 oh he's got injury history Hudson Card got beat out like what's What's it, it, a lot of this job as a as a coach is being a detective. You got to figure out what's good the situation. So for me, Darren, sign me up for any of them. There's Darren. There are so many quality quarterbacks for Notre Dame to potentially get. There's so many in the transfer portal. It's crazy. It's crazy. You could list off so many. Got the Clemson quarterback DJ Spencer Sanders. There you go. Um, was that Oklahoma State quarterback? JT Daniels is going on at eighth school. I mean, there's seriously so many. Slovitz hit the portal, right? Is that right? Slovitz? Yeah. I think so. A homecoming for Phil Jakovic. Totally kidding. But seriously, so many quarterbacks in the portal. Um, Hudson Card and Devin. The three you mentioned are kind of the big ones that you know, are, are on the wish list, um, at, at least for, for Notre Dame fans and media. Hudson Card is definitely one. Notre, they're, they're in contact with these guys, from, from what I understand, especially Card, um, Leary, not as familiar with Armstrong's situation, but for me, Leary and Card are the ones I'm keeping the most eye on. But everyone's pursuing these guys. I mean, it, they're, they're hot commodities. Everyone wants that, that big-time quarterback. And it's kind of a situation where it's like, Unless you're USC, you want a quarterback. You know, unless you've got this, some young stud already in your program, you're probably going to look to to add more, uh, you know, quality arm talent at that position. And, and obviously Notre Dame's in that boat as well. I guess we didn't expect, and this is my way of, of phrasing this, I expect Notre Dame to have a bridge quarterback year last year. I didn't think it was going to be back-to-back years of having a bridge right. quarterback. So things are – working out a lot differently than I expected at the start of the year. But I would assume, Mike, when you have to go into the transfer portal and you have to look for a quarterback, that still doesn't change anything in terms of quarterback recruiting. You still have to bring in those quality arms each and every year at the quarterback position. You don't want to live in the world of the transfer portal. I know Lincoln Riley brought in you know, really good quarterbacks, and there's Heisman Trophy winners that came from Norman, but that can't be Notre Dame's world, right? All right, Darren, appreciate you for going on a longer monologue there because my phone seriously just will not stop blowing up. <laughs> hey, Jordan Johnson just entered the transfer portal, getting contact from sources. His days have been absolutely bonkers. The life, you know, the life of a uh, you know Notre Dame reporter. It's not as glamorous as it might seem, I promise So you don't you. have two phones um, yet like is, Schefter has? Not yet. Not yet. That's on the list. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, we, we, Darren, we talked about this. The because I thought they should have taken a, a portal quarterback for this upcoming season, yep. or excuse me, um, this past season. I don't think they did, and this is Mike Singer's opinion. This is not what other people tell me. I, I don't think they did because it's an it's an ego thing. I don't think that Notre Dame and, and, and Tommy Reese wanted to go back back years taking a portal guy because then it's like, what are you doing in high school recruiting? Why why can't you recruit your own guys to start? And Tyler Buckner was that guy. He's kind of the you know the next you know you know golden child or you know whatever term you want to go with and and. Obviously, that didn't work due to injury, and um, then, then you go to Drew Pine, and 
played very well, all things considered. But if he's out, and I've said this so many times. So, folks, if you listen to me all the time, you're probably tired of hearing me say this. But the Saints are Brian Kelly's Notre Dame. This is Marcus Freeman's Notre Dame. And it's all about competition, bringing in as many guys and let the best man win. Under Brian Kelly, Prime probably doesn't transfer. Like I'm, like Marcus Freeman said, he sat Drew Pine down and said, hey, we're probably going to bring in a transfer quarterback here. Um, and that's – Pine doesn't – and I get why Pine left. This could be his third straight year buying for the starting job and not winning it. So I, I totally understand that. But there, just look at the specialists of this past season. They brought in transfers at like long snapper, punter, kicker, everywhere. Bringing all these guys, let the best man win. They had scholarship players already at those positions, but no, bring in more survival of the fittest type deal. And that's what's going to happen at quarterback. They're going to bring in a transfer. You're going to have Tyler Buckner. You're going to have Steve Angeli compete. Um, it's just going to be more transfer portal incomings, more transfer portal outgoings. This is the reality of college football, and it's certainly the reality for Notre Dame. Well put. And I think we have seen through time, and we've had these discussions, but Notre Dame had a running back recruiting issue. They changed coaches, and now things have looked up with the last two running back coaches. Wide receiver coach wasn't recruiting and developing well enough. A change was made, and now we're seeing an uptick there. I think the quarterback position falls into that category. And hopefully, as we've talked about recently, what Tommy Reese has done in the 23 and the 24 cycle changes a trend which, in my opinion, has not been good enough for a Notre Dame football program that is elite in college football and wanting to win a national championship. You should get your own radio show, Darren. You know what? I'm going to ask Santa Claus for that, <laughs> and I'll ask him for your new cell phone so you have two, and you have one for the transfer portal and one for recruiting. How fun would that be? I don't I don't, I don't know how my wife would feel about me having two families. I don't know. She might think I have a second family at that point. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let's get back to the conversation of flipping, which there have been a couple that have left Notre Dame, but more positives on the flip side for the Irish in this recruiting cycle with Marcus Freeman. Let's go back to December 1st, if you don't mind, since we haven't talked last week. I was on vacation. Caleb Smith, a wide receiver from Texas, flipped from Texas Tech to Notre Dame. So, Mike, the Irish have four wide receivers in this class of 2023. Caleb Smith, Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, and Rico Flores Jr. If you don't mind, just offer a thought on the fact that the Irish added a fourth wide receiver. They wanted this guy, Caleb Smith, a part of this class. Yeah, pretty high upside slot receiver, could play offside, you know, good in, in, in punt return, kick return, speed. Um, believe he ran a four four nine at Baylor over the summer. Um, committed to Texas Tech early and flew under the radar and pretty productive senior year. He's only he's only announced two offers in total from Notre Dame to Texas Tech, so not a headline name, but again, productive and uh, big time ball in, in the state of Texas. If you're talking about him being your number one receiver in the class, you know, maybe that's not something to get too excited about. But, Darren, you just listed that. That's a great group of four. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Smith is a darn good receiver, and Notre Dame's able to go get him and with relative ease. 
you you absolutely you love to see this if you're a Notre Dame fan. Four receivers. Remember last cycle, cycle before. It's Notre Dame just needs more receivers, more receivers, more receivers. It's not, we're not talking about that. When Notre Dame hired Chancey Stuckey, really Chancey Stuckey, he's got like one year of experience. What are we doing? It was balling. Great receiver class. So yeah, you you love to see it, Mike. Considering where we were a year ago at this time, the Irish thought they had three commitments. They ended up with one at the wide receiver position. Had I told you on this date a year ago that the next recruiting cycle will have four players like this, would this be what you would say? Just what the doctor ordered? No. No, because the doctor probably didn't order a miracle. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Darren, look at this group of four. Go back 10, 20 years, and just on paper with recruiting rankings, this has got to be up there with one of the best. Okay. Right? Right. On paper, it looks good. I mean, come on. Jane Greathouse, seriously, might be one of the most productive wide receivers ever in Texas. He's probably about to win his fourth straight state title. He's off one game, and he's setting all sorts of records at Austin Westlake, one of the best programs, you know, in, in the state. Rico Flores, highly productive. Braylon James, productive and high ceiling. I mean, it's it's such a good receiver class. So kudos to Freeman Reese, um, Stucky, Notre Dame staff, you know, Cross your fingers two weeks after all these guys sign. None, I, I don't have any concern about any of Good. them flipping. But, you know, again, it's, it's recruiting. You never know. But you always have to throw in that caveat. But, uh, yeah, really good receiver class, something that we're not talking about enough. And the other flip that we have not had a chance to talk about is an offensive lineman who was in Wisconsin's class. But due to the coaching changes, I think Chris Tarek was open for new ideas. And Notre Dame had offered him, what, a month or so in advance of him eventually flipping to the Fighting Irish. So I guess, is it fair to say that this opportunity for Tarek actually kind of opened up because Eliza Page flipped from Notre Dame to USC? Did that allow? That's that's exactly what happened there. And yeah, yeah, they had five offensive line committed. Page flips. They offered Tarek. He's happy with Wisconsin. Also loves Notre Dame. And you know, Notre Dame offered him. And Wisconsin had already fired Paul Crist, but... Jim Leonard, you know, thought he was probably going to get the job and their offensive line coach would have stayed. So Tarek was really considering sticking with Wisconsin, but, you know, there's Notre Dame, like, what do I do here? And then, you know, Wisconsin hires, um, you know, Luke Fickle and same day, it's, it's not a coincidence folks that he flips to Notre Dame. Um, so rather easy decision for him in the end after that news, whereas it would have been really tough call with probably 50 50 is what my sources said about him flipping to Notre Dame stick with Wisconsin do want to mention Darren quite the list of flips to Notre Dame and decommits from Notre Dame the cycle Kenny Minchie your quarterback Dylan Edwards the Kansas State he was a Kansas State running back commit Bubakar Traore defensive lineman was committed to Boston College talked about Caleb Smith and Chris Tarek and Armel Mook on the defensive lineman was committed to Stanford that's six I'm pretty sure the 2021 class had six. So you're just one away <laughs> from breaking that record. And then Notre Dame's had four players decommit. You had Cedric Irvin Jr., the running back. So now it's committed to Stanford. Keon Keeley, five-star Viper. 
um, uncommitted, you know, probably going to end up at Alabama or Ohio State. Elijah Page, we just talked about, offensive lineman, flipped to USC, and Justin Rett um, flipped to Georgia. Um, so uh, I, I think that everybody might be forgetting one. But uh, like I said, aggressive with Notre Dame, flipping players, and hey, you got to process a guy or two. You got to process a guy or two. It happens. It's you know, this is a business at the end of the day. So uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating right now. There. So based on those numbers you just offered our listeners, outside of Keeley, which you can't replace Keon Keeley more than likely in the class, Notre Dame has covered the losses by adding on personnel later on in the process. So pretty much job well done considering those losses. Well, Irvin D commits. Notre Dame has three running backs committed right now, all higher higher ranked yep. than Irvin. Um, Page, yep, filled that spot. And Rhett, I mean, yeah, they've got four um, or no five defensive backs committed, and they might go get a sixth. And Solomon Davis, who just announced he was decommitting from Arizona, Mike Mickens, Notre Dame's cornerbacks coach, saw him on Sunday for a home visit. Wow. Notre Dame hasn't offered Davis yet, but um, they're looking at hosting him next weekend for an official. So. Like I said, it's so busy right now. My phone, like I, I have to continue to check it every couple seconds because, I mean, just you, Darren, you could not count the the number of players that have hit the portal. You can't count that. It's been it's been crazy. I'm not saying you're not a smart guy, Darren, but seriously, it's been a lot of players that have hit the portal. So, folks, basically, what Mike is saying is. Notre Dame losing Brian Kelly and adding Marcus Freeman means he has watched a whole lot less soccer this month compared to a year ago at this time, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to watch as much World Cup as I can, but I've been so busy, Taryn. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. Well, let's tie it all together. You gave us a lot of information, but that's just a small sample of all the things small that are sample. happening right now, and you've got it covered at blueandgold.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I love our staff at Blue and Gold because I, I think we we have a great blend of we're hard-hitting journalists, but also we want to make things fun. We Our, our loose emoji board, rest in peace to the goat, um, is it's our internet sports bar. Like, I, I want to not only you know, give you guys the information, but I also want to be a member of the community. So you post threads, ask me what's going on, you know, whether it's recruiting or, you know, it's talk about Taco Bell, like kind of anything. So, you know, we got a fun, it's a fun group um, of staff members at Bloom Gold and, and thousands of Notre Dame fans um, talking about, you know, what's going on in, in college football. And you got all sorts of off topic information. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a great community of Notre Dame fans and certainly blessed to uh, have my job cover Notre Dame football recruiting as much as I'm, I don't love it this month because of, you know, how busy it is. Well, I think it's fair to say we need you a whole lot more than Portugal needed Ronaldo today in, in winning their match. So, Which was not much. Yeah. We need you. We need you. Ronaldo, ah. Thank you. He's Dan. old news. Yeah. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. Great insight as always, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Maybe we'll have a little more information after the coaches leave the road and set their sights on signing day. So we'll talk to you then. You got a show tomorrow, Darren? I do. Why don't you just give me a call tomorrow? Just give me a, just pop in, just give me a call, see if we have anything to talk about. How about that? Hmm. Okay. I'll take that as... Have your people talk to my people, schedule something. I'll call you on your new phone and we'll get it set up.
<laughs> Sounds thanks, good. thanks, Mike. Dave. Appreciate it. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. More sports beat next on 960 AM WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. Six fifty one at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Some breaking news from the baseball winter meetings out in San Diego. The Chicago Cubs have a brand new center fielder. He's a former National League MVP that has literally lost his swing each of the last two years, which has led to the LA Dodgers setting him free. Cody Bellinger, the 27-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder. According to reports, the Cubs and Bellinger have agreed on a one-year, $17.5 million contract. In 2019, he was the MVP of the National League, 47 homers, 115 driven in, 15 stolen bases, hit 305 with a 406 on base. His OPS was over 1,000. He was a nine-war player. But since then, the last couple of years, it has been a rough go. 2020, hit 239. 2021, he hit 165 with a 240 on base. 2022, 210 the average, 265 the on base percentage. The last three years combined, he hit 41 home runs after hitting 47 in 2019. Obviously, a guy with tremendous upside, if you can turn him around. He's been working with former Major League outfielder Matt Holliday, who worked with Matt Carpenter last offseason, and he was in a similar spot, lost his swing, worked with Holliday, went to the Yankees, and had a great run with the Bronx Bombers. Bellinger working with Holliday. Maybe it works out well for the Chicago Cubs, but that means likely on opening day, Ian Happen left, Cody Bellinger in center, and Seo Suzuki in right field. We'll have more on the Cubbies and Bellinger as the week goes on here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. I think it's a good risk for the Cubs. Money is not a concern for them. They overpaid for him. Who cares? They print money in Chicago. They just act like they don't have any. I like it. I think that could be a big boost for Chicago. How about a couple of wagering notes for tonight in our We Going to Sizzler segment? I picked out four possibilities for tonight. Here's what we've got. I've got Butler at home taking on the Yale team out of the Ivy League. Yale's been a pretty good basketball team so far this year. Interesting matchup tonight down at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Butler so far this year is 5-0 and at home. I took Butler minus 6 against Yale. And just going to the scoreboard, they started a little bit ago. So far, so good. Butler 20 and Yale 7. The next two 
are centered around the Illinois-Texas game at Madison Square Garden, two top 20 teams squaring off. And the next two are all centered around Illinois' 6'10 forward, Coleman Hawkins, who had a triple-double recently in a game at the State Farm Center in Champaign. So here's what we're going to do on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm taking Coleman Hawkins' Points plus rebounds plus assists. You add them together, over 18.5 at minus 120. The last two games, he's gone over. Maryland, he had a total of 24. Syracuse, he had a total of 35. So I'm going over 18.5 for Hawkins. Points, rebounds, and assists. Also, Coleman Hawkins, over 9.5 points at minus 110. He's gone over 9.5 in three of the last four games. And my fourth pick for tonight, Blue Jackets, Penguins, NHL, under seven total goals at minus 110. My underdog pick for tonight, Red Wings, plus one and a half goals at Tampa Bay at plus 120. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Legacy Heating and Air, Midland Engineering Company, the Mishawaka Education Foundation, Pet Refuge, South Bend Orthopedics, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, and by Edward Jones. I'm back tomorrow. Another two hours of Sports Beat here on WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 